Hello, sports fans, and welcome to the first edition of the Mac and Kevin podcast. I am one half of the equation, Mr. Mac Daddy, and the other half with me is Mr. Kevin Blakicki. Say hello. Hello. How's everybody doing? I think uh, I think we've had better days, Kev. We are now in day four of no sports, and I got to tell you, you and I picked a hell of a time to launch a podcast. I know, uh, how, right? Uh, how are you handling no sports going on over there, brother? Um, I I've been watching way too many sitcoms. Uh, I just I dabbled in a bit of uh, my wife and kids. Always a great time. Always I love that show. Um, and I just recently got into My Name is Earl on Hulu. So, uh, I mean, this actually comes at a really interesting time in my life because I had just finished watching the, like, binge watching The Office um, for however many times. And I didn't, I didn't finish the, epi- the show. I just, I just watched it up until Michael Scott left because there's no point in watching the show once Michael Scott leaves. But then... Uh, after I did that, then I also just happened to finish GTA 5, and I beat that for the second time. So that's over with, and then sports is over with, so I feel like my life is over with. Like, I mean, it just all is ending at the same time. So I'm trying. Uh, I mean, I might watch, like, another Marvel movie or something. Um, But there's plenty of streaming services, so I'm good. Well, I gotta tell you, Kev, I feel you, brother, man. I, uh, I just got used to these uh, strangers in my house. Uh, normal people would call them their wife and kids, but to <laughs> me, they're, they're pretty much strangers right now because I'm so engulfed in the world of sports that I tend to forget that they're there most times. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I, I kid, of course. My wife and my kids mean the world to me. The reason we're having this kind of introduction, folks, is we want you to get to know who you're listening to a little better. Of course, we are mainly a sports podcast, but we want to have a little bit of fun, too, right? So um, why, don't we, uh, why don't we get right into things a little bit, Kev? Uh, what kind of sports fan are you? Not necessarily just your teams. Of course, tell us who your teams are. Um, but also, like, what kind of fan? What is your ideal, uh, not ideal, but more what, what is your mood when you're watching a game? And what, what kind of fan are you? Um, well, I mean, first off, I do believe that we should – um, talk about our alliances first and foremost. Um, I mean, I'm a Mets fan. I'm a Jets fan. I'm an Islanders fan. Uh, I'm a Brooklyn Nets fan. You know, I, I, I despise the New York Yankees and, and the Patriots, but I do realize that I do want a job in sports journalism and I do have to be fair. And I'm not afraid to crap all over my teams because I know that the, the Mets and Jets, that they're awful and well, I mean, the Mets are going to have hopefully have a promising year. And by promising year, I mean April. And that's only if they start the season on time, which they won't. But um, my, I am always the type of fan that has to choose um, a team to root for. Like, I can't I don't get people who just like watch. Oh, I don't really care who wins. I, I mean, I could be watching some obscure division three football game on CBS sports network, you know, some freaking mountain West random teams and I'll, I'll have to choose a team. Like I, I can't just, and, and I'm all, and as the great Michael Scott would say, I'm not superstitious, but I am a little superstitious. Um, I have realized 
that um, championships have not been won or lost by where I sit on a couch or where I or what clothes I wear or what music I listen to or what what food I eat and just that all my teams suck. So, you know, I mean, it is what it is. But I mean, I'm I'm the type of person that uh, loves to watch sports and will do anything uh, I can to do it. And in this time, I'll find a way to watch sports. Might not, it's not going to be live, but I'll do it. What about you? How would you consider yourself? Where do your allegiances lie? Well, first and foremost, I got to say, I grew up in New York, so uh, some of my allegiances lie there. Um, I am a diehard, diehard, diehard New York Yankee fan. Um, have been since I seen the Jeffrey Mayer home run live when I was sitting in the living room with my dad and uh, my uncle Vinny. Um, of course, you have an uncle Vinny. I mean, of course, everyone. I, I do too. I do too. He's not yeah, my biological. Yeah. Same, same. Everyone has a non-biological Vinny who lives in New York. Yeah, of course. everyone of course. does. We're from New York. We all have a freaking Uncle Vinny who has no relation whatsoever to us. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yep. I'm also a diehard. Uh, I be, I bleed big blue. Um, I've been a big blue. I've been going to Giants games since we were three, three and thirteen, being coached by Jim Fossil. You know, eight years old chanting fire fossil, having no idea what it means. You know, of course now I do. Is that a Yankees but, um, tattoo I see on your on yeah, your arm? It is. I am. I have a. I even have the Yankees tattooed on me. I'm a diehard fan. Anyway, um, also in NBA, uh, I can't say that I like the Knicks, even though I grew up in the time where the Knicks were, you know, making the finals and everything. I still fell in love with the Dallas Mavericks, Dirk Nowitzki, Steve Nash, Michael Finley, um, one of the original big threes. Um, and yeah, I'm a fiery, energetic, passionate fan. Um, for those of you that don't know, Kevin and I are also sports journalists, and we cover a wide array of topics. Um, you know, Kevin has his strengths, I have mine, and uh, I think that's what makes this a beautiful partnership, is that his weaknesses are my strengths, and my strength, you know, and um, my weaknesses are his strengths. I think we complement each other really well. So that's where you're getting with this podcast, folks. Anyway, um, back to what we were talking about with the writing. We both write for a little website called theryanshow.net. And if you don't know what theryanshow.net is, it was founded by the owner of the uh, owner, founder, entrepreneur of the Ryan Show, Mr. Ryan Vernell. Um, the Ryan Show was hosted by Ryan Vernell, Mr. Cheeks, and Hamptons Dave. And they are one of the people, you know, some of the people that helped to get us started. So I figured I'd give them a shout out, say hello. Yes, we, w- we would not be here if it weren't for them. Yeah, say how much, uh, you know, we appreciate them. We love them. And, uh, you know. We are, contractually, we are contractually obligated to say that we love them. Of course. And, uh, you know, a little birdie told me that we might have either Ryan Vernell or Mr. Cheeks himself call in next week on the show. So that should be pretty fun. And with all um, this quarantine, I made sure um, I went to the store and I stocked up on chapsticks so I can kiss ass until the cows come home. So, Ryan, I know you're watching this. Mr. Cheeks, you might be watching this. Love you both. <laughs> Don't forget Hampton's Dave. We got to tell uh, Hampton's Dave. Oh, yes. Well. Yes. That is no. if he doesn't haven't, hasn't contracted the coronavirus, which he doesn't believe in, apparently. Hey, infected or not, socialites deserve love, too. Anyway. Yes. Uh, so we're, we're both sports writers. We're, we're aspiring sports writers. And um, recently, Kevin wrote a very great article on his favorite basketball 
player of all time. And he happens to be in one of, in my top 10 as well. Um, but Kevin, why don't you tell us a little bit about who I'm talking about and uh, in your own words, describe uh, what it was like being able to publish an article about it. Yes. So that man is the man who is known as Half Man, Half Amazing, uh, Air Canada, Vinsanity, and he goes by the name of Vince Carter. Fun little story about myself. Um, the first game, the only NBA game that I've ever been to was when the Nets played the Timberwolves back in the IZOD Center. This was when they were the New Jersey Nets, and this was before Kevin Garnett went to the um, to the Celtics and had all that stuff. He was with the Timberwolves, so I saw him then. And uh, there was this whole lie between, you know, like I was tricked into going to the game with my family, like, oh, we're visiting some family, but they surprised me with tickets to my first ever NBA game. So um, <coughs> growing up, um, like, I, I didn't really have, I mean, my allegiances were usually always with the Mets and the Jets, and there was always, you know, teams that we just, you know, root for because our parents rooted for them. And um, But that really wasn't the case with basketball. When I, when I started rooting for basketball, I mean, you know, my dad did play in high school, but, I mean, he wasn't really, a, you know, an avid follower of the game. So um, I, was, I had the liberty to choose whatever team I wanted. And uh, I happened to stumble upon the Nets, and they, they, they had some success. And uh, they had Jason Kidd and uh, Richard Jefferson. And then they made this splash for Vince Carter in 2004. And uh, that's when I really became a fan of the team. And uh, he's someone who's... Um, you know, he's one of, I'd say in the article, he's one of the forgotten superstars. I mean, he is, in my eyes, a Hall of Famer, but, you know, he hasn't, you know, he hasn't transcended the game in the ways that, you know, you would assume guys like LeBron and Kobe and, like, Dwayne Wade and, like, you know, they're not, like, he's not one of the first names that you think of when you think of all-time greats, but he definitely has a special place in my heart. Um, obviously, his two most iconic um, achievements were the dunk that he had in the Olympics and obviously that 2000 dunk contest. He's one of the best in-game dunkers the game has ever seen. And um, and like I said, he you know he hasn't made an All-Star game since 2007, which was 13 years ago. So it's been a while and he's still in the league. And it's very unfortunate that his career had to end the way it did, you know, with the season being suspended due to the coronavirus outbreaks. But I'm, I'm glad I was able to see him play. Um, he did have a cool moment at the end of his uh, last game with the Hawks when, you know, the Knicks kind of let him make a three um, to end his career. Um, I mean, I hope I get to, I hope they resume play and, I get to see him a couple more times, but if not, he was definitely one of the transcendent players in the game and one of my personal favorites. You know, uh, th- that's awesome, Kevin. And I tend to agree with you that Vince Carter is a very forgotten about uh, superstar. See, the reason I bring this up, folks, and the reason why I wanted Kevin to explain his fandom uh, for Vince Carter is because I want you guys to know the way we approach our, not only our writing, but approach the way we feel about sports. We can make a personal connection almost across the board. And I'm the same way. Um, most of my articles uh, are, you know, personally connected. And uh, that's what sports has done for me. Sports has been there through the ups and downs of my life. 
And that's what we're bringing across the airwaves to you is the passion, energy, and emotions it makes us feel. You're going to feel those same damn things. So Yeah, and um, when, when you read our stuff, I mean, it's a lot like, um, you know, we, we do want to be, you know, professional. And we do want to, you know, make sure that we toe the line between fandom and, you know, sycophants. But we want to make sure that when you read our stuff that you know that it's coming from the heart. You know, it's not like so-and-so did this. So and so did that. You know, when we're when you're reading our articles, we want you to know that you know we wrote the articles, and you know we don't have ghost writers. You know, when when we when you see our stuff, it, it's from our heart and it's from what we believe in because we're we're passionate sports fans and we want to get our message out there. Absolutely, absolutely, and uh, and uh, if you follow at mac and follow at the Mac and Kevin podcast on Instagram, you, the fans, could be interactive on which article I write next. Your vote counts. Your vote matters. I've decided to write an article on the legend of the week, and it's just started this past week, and the fans voted about Barry Bonds. They voted in Barry Bonds over I pick a legend from all five sports that I cover. And uh, so he was named the Mac Daddy Legend of the Week and an article followed and it'll be up on the Ryan show by the time this episode airs. Um, And you fans, what I'm going to do is announce on my Instagram the next voting tomorrow, the next voting tomorrow for my next Legend of the Week. And whoever gets voted in gets their own article written. So have your voice heard. Yes, that's, that's a wonderful thing. Yeah, because we like to, um, as much as, you know, we like to uh, write stuff that is about us, but we also want to make sure that our fans feel like they are contributing uh, to whatever we put out there. So um, it has been a great first segment, and we will be back with you in a little bit with more of the Mac and Kevin podcast. See you after the break. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Mac and Kevin podcast. And now it's time for a word from our sponsor, Tribe Tokes. Tribe Tokes is a CBD company, and they have everything from oils to cartridges to anything that you needed uh, related to CBD. And head on over to Tribe Tokes and use the promo codes KevinB or MacDaddy for 20% off all of your orders. That's promo codes KevinB or MacDaddy. And you can use that for 20% off all of your CBD needs. And head over, head on over to tribetokes.com. Okay, so now uh, there is a little bit of sports news that's real and live. And that is that the, uh, then the NFL just passed a new collective bargaining agreement. Now, basically, what this means is that uh, there is a new playoff format. And that means that they're going to go to – there's going to add two extra teams. There's going to, there's going to go from 12 teams to 14 teams. And 21. Yeah, in 2021. There's going to be uh, the seven, seven teams from each conference, and there's going to be one, uh, one bye week for each team. That's the number one seed. They, they used to have two uh, – t- the top two seeds get a bye week, and that's no more. There's just going to be one. And basically what it boils down to is there's going to be more – this is more about the little guy. You know, there's going to be more – there's going to be more attention to 
players that are mid-level and, you know, that aren't superstars and they're going to end up getting more money. And so there's going to, there's also going to be a 17th uh, game. There's the, the, the season is expanding from 16 games to 17 games and there's going to be an added bye week in there. So Mac Daddy, what is your take on this? Do you like, do you like more, more playoff teams or what's your, what's your take on this? Well, um, I like the uh, thought of the added competition, but I think the most interesting thing when it comes to this collective bargaining agreement and the NFLPA and this vote today was that 500 players did not vote. 500 registered either former or current players with the NFL who pay dues in order to vote did not exercise that right today. And uh, a lot of players are calling them out, saying it's absolutely despicable that they didn't vote. Uh, it could have went the other way. Um, I see a lot of people who are happy on both sides of it, and I understand, but I see a lot of evidence that says it, uh, benefits the owners a little more than the players, but Hey, listen, uh, it is what it is. It passed. Uh, I am excited for more playoff teams for sure. I'm excited for less preseason football and more regular season football. Um, as you know, that's part of it. And, uh, I think what a great call was, uh, players will no longer get um, they will no longer get punished for positive marijuana tests. Yeah, that's also a big one. Yeah, and, yeah. So Josh Gordon might actually have a chance to make make it back into the league. Yeah. So my uh, agreeing with my boy Matt Barnes and Stephen Jackson from the All uh, All the Smoke podcast, I gotta say I'm just waiting for the NBA to do the same damn thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, and I mean, it's it's pretty crazy. I mean, we we all know that marijuana is healthier than alcohol and yet alcohol is everywhere you know like the xfl was presented by bud light seltzer i mean it's it you know there's i mean it's just absolutely crazy the double standard that they have with that and there's also obviously a lot of uh medical benefits in marijuana so it's it's just it's absurd and thankfully you know the nfl is at least doing something right with that um in terms of the length um, I mean, more football is always great. Um, you know, ten years of labor peace. Yes. So. Yeah. So we don't have to worry about this for another decade. Um, but the one thing that does, I mean, kind of concern me is that, you know, like, like you said, with the players that didn't vote, I mean, a lot of, I mean, it, it's, a great democratic process that they have. And I really wish that they would have shown up and uh, actually voted for this. Um, I mean, this is just, you know, that, you know, that they're very like, the thing is, is that when it comes to collective bargaining, it it's, it's sad, but it's always going to be this reality that no matter what the players are always going to look bad from an optic standpoint, they'll be like, what, we gave you more, the, the owners are going to be like, we gave you more money. You know, you get, you get to play more and stuff. And we gave you more time off and we, we you know, we increased the wages and stuff. And, um, it's not a 50, 50 partnership with the, um, with the revenue. I think it's like 47 something percent, 48% like that. Um, but the way the optics about this work is that no matter what you do as a player, if if you 
like we have to remember we have to take this from it's on a big scale but we have to like take it down a notch you know what i mean like if they you know it's it's very easy for us as fans to be like they're millionaires why are they complaining but if you, you know if you're out there making money and you put up a certain number if you, you know your statistics are a certain way and you put up better numbers than someone and someone makes more money than you you have every right, right in the world to be upset about that but people automatically go be like well this guy makes 13 million but he wants 15 million you know they need to just sit up you know just shut you know shut up and you know just accept the fact that they play a child's game and they make all this money so from an optics no matter what sport you're in it's always people are always going to take you know the owner's side because everyone's always like well they're millionaires why are they arguing they should just be lucky that they even have this opportunity to play such a great game and it's unfortunate but i mean it's probably going to be as good as they're going to get deal wise what's your take on it absolutely i uh i think we just have to pretty much wait and see where the long-term effects how they play out and um ultimately if there's you know a rally cry for a more effective voting process or, or whatever the case may be. But if there's a lot of unhappy people here, I think we see ratification to their processes. Um, but other than that, honestly, um, the CBA is passed and that opens a avenue for the floodgates to open for free agency, which begins Monday morning. Um, but we've already gotten word of a couple of big moves today. Uh, the first of which I'd like to comment on is Ryan Tannehill received a four-year, $118 million deal with $62 million of that guaranteed. Now, personally, I think that's a an insane overpayment for Ryan Tannehill. Not to discredit how he played towards the end of the year in the playoffs, but I really feel like that money could have been more spent to lock up Der- Derrick Henry for a longer amount of time. What do you think about that? Yeah, um, especially. Brady's still being out there. Um, like, like we don't know. I mean, we don't, we don't know what Tom Brady's thinking. We don't know what the Titans are thinking. But I mean, I have to say, if you have to give me the choice at between um, paying a man who isn't even a natural quarterback, he played wide receiver at Texas A&M. He's only been playing quarterback for a handful of years. And let's um, be honest, have the greatest track record when he was in Miami. No, no. But then again, who does? I mean, they haven't had a good quarterback since Dan Marino. So, I mean, they, you know. Joey Harrington was amazing. Yeah, and, and, Fitz, and Fitz Magic. And, and Fitz Magic's been pretty great. But, um, but I mean, we don't know what Tom Brady's going to do. And, I mean, it's, I don't, I don't mind the four years, but, like, the, 62 million and the 118 total. I mean, that's that's a lot. That's a lot of money for you to bank on a former wide receiver to be your quarterback. Um, and that, but that's that's like top money that you would pay like a franchise quarterback. Ryan Tannehill is not a franchise quarterback. He's a game manager. 
I mean, he's a, a little – he's a lesser version of Alex Smith when he was still healthy, in he my opinion. He's in the right system in Tennessee, to be honest. Yeah, he's in the right spot. The system definitely worked for him this year. But, however, speaking of Brady, the rumors are today that the 49ers are now officially out of the race as well. So it's officially down to two teams. And this is uh, per Ian Rappaport and, and the rap sheet. It's down to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who are prepared to throw with a checkbook at him, apparently, and a return to the New England Patriots. Um, I'm not one to believe what's been in the media uh, about him selling his house and his trainer selling his house and all those things, but uh, it seems to me that he's pretty dead set on leaving New England, maybe. But, uh, again, what do you think about that? I think it would be a mistake to go to the Bucks, but, I mean... I mean, I don't even know what the Bucks want. I, don't, I mean, who knows if they even want to keep Jameis Winston? I mean, they're they still one foot in, one foot out with that. Um, I think that they can easily – I mean, some, some of the teams that I've heard rumors for, like the Bears and the Chargers, those would make better, better choices for me. They would be better picks. But, I mean – I don't I, I don't see him going to Tampa Bay because Tampa Bay is not a championship ready team. Tom Brady is he's over forty, right? He's any he's past team, forty. Any team that heads Tom Brady is immediately a championship caliber team. Um, no matter how old he is, so. just the way he carries himself as he's, a champion. He's, he's better, but I mean you can't you can't fix like a defense and a running game because of a quarterback. I mean, you can kind of hide it, but I mean, he does have, um, you know, they have uh, Mike Evans. He's always a great, he's a huge target, but I mean, yeah. Um, I mean, that would be crazy. That would, that would make the, um, NFC South even crazier. The Buccaneers would be, uh, I think favored, not heavily, but I don't even think favored to make the Super Bowl. But maybe favored in their division if they acquired Tom Brady. They'd still have to compete with the Saints, but I mean, I, I think that they would definitely be up there. Uh, the, sure. Falcon, the Falcons are abysmal, and the Panthers are okay, but they don't have, you know, Christian McCaffrey is, you know, um, pretty much all they have offensively. Right. Um, um. Shifting gears for a moment here, another move that we also heard about today is that Jacksonville continues to trade away their championship-caliber defense, and uh, they trade decided to trade all pro bowler, all pro beast of a defensive lineman, Calais Campbell, to the Baltimore Ravens for just a fifth-round pick, which was originally a kicker that got cut by Minnesota. I mean, that is crazy to me. Calais Campbell is a game-changer. And to add him to that ball, already stout Baltimore Ravens defense is, uh, wow, it's scary in the AFC. I think we're going to see a lot of Chiefs-Ravens showdowns. What do you think? Yeah, it's a, it's a two-year, $27 million deal. Um, and, yeah, that, that trade is crazy. Um, Just a fifth-round pick. Imagine that. Yeah. I mean, and originally it was a kicker for Calais Campbell. That's unbelievable to me. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, the Ravens already, you know, we know what they can do offensively with Lamar Jackson. 
um, and Mark Ingram and all those guys that they have. But it's just absolutely insane that you would just add a crazy good defensive end like that to sure up that defensive line. So I definitely think that they are definitely going to be one of the favorites in the AFC this year. Right. Um, a couple of other minor moves were that the Texans have re-signed defensive back Bradley Roby to a two-year deal. And also the Patriots have re-signed safety Devin McCourty to a two-year deal. Um, those are a couple of minor moves. When we get back, we're going to talk a little bit more about where we kind of thought the NBA season was headed because I think we were headed for one of the most competitive uh, playoffs that we've seen in a long time. Well, we'll see what Kevin thinks when we get back to the Mac and Kevin podcast after this. Hello, welcome back to the Mac and Kevin podcast. Uh, Kevin and I want to touch on something that's very near and dear to our hearts because because of this stupid coronavirus, we are missing out on a lot of good of NBA action. And what we want to talk about is not only the fact that Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, and now Christian Wood from the Pistons got infected, but where does this leave us as basketball fans? There's talks that it's going to return in June. There's talks that it's going to pick up where it left off or jump right into the playoffs. We don't know how it's going to play out yet. But Kevin, what are we missing right now down the stretch in a playoff hunt? Dude, right now we're missing uh, the hunt for the rookie of the year between John Morant and Zion Williamson. 100%. Likely, likely in that situation, the winner of like the whoever gets that eighth seed and uh, eventually gets eliminated by LeBron and the Lakers in the first round of the playoffs uh, yep. would likely get that rookie of the year. And it's very, it's very unfortunate. Um, you know, we also get robbed of, like I said, more Vince Carter. I mean, I know it's not relevant because they're not in the playoff hunt, but damn it, I love me some Vince Carter, and I want more Vince Carter. So we are getting robbed of that. Although um, I, I do see them at least maybe giving each team like five games, like just to like warm them up a little bit because, you know, I mean, it's one thing to be working out, but you're not in game shape. So you're still, you know, they, they might have uh, a gym that they're going to or something, but, you know, the odds of them going all out is probably not that great. So you know, I honestly, assume... Kevin, honestly, Kevin, I would tend to agree you there, agree with you there, if, uh, if it had be, get, happened maybe towards the beginning of the season. But the fact that we were in mid-March and uh, we were headed into the – the home stretch of the season, headed into the playoffs. I think that the players are in the middle of their grind enough that uh, missing a, a month or two might not be too crazy. Obviously, they're going to still need to go throughout their daily routines and all of that. But uh, you touch on a good point that we're missing. Uh, you know, the the race for the rookie of the year. Um, yeah, but I don't, I don't, I don't want, to, I don't want them to just pick up in the playoffs because you don't want that rust to be in the playoffs. You want that rust to be during the regular season so they can build up momentum and gain steam. So that way, when the playoffs come around, you know, it's like you're getting some of the best basketball. Like we're we we're getting robbed of a great one of the best playoffs in recent memory. 
So I act- if, if if they're not gonna act- if they're not gonna come out at least a little bit slow and get a couple of games in there for each team so they can make that upward ascension into the playoffs, I just say shut it down. Honestly, I mean there's no point. Well, honestly, I mean if you're not, if you're not, if you're not gonna have your best players in their in their prime, in, you know, not in their prime, but in their, you know, right. when they're in the full swing, I don't I don't see the point of it. All right, yeah, Kevin, I see what you're saying. However, if you play the other side of that, and and again, shout out to Matt Barnes with the uh, All the Smoke podcast, but he made a fantastic point on ESPN the other day when he said, you have all the best players in the world on the best teams in the world with very good amount of rest. It could be the opposite, and it could still be one of the best playoffs that we ever see, regardless of the rest. I mean that is that is fair, but I mean I, I still would like them to at least get some warm up in, because you don't want you don't want there there's gonna be rusts. You don't want that going into the playoffs. You want that a little bit ahead of the playoffs. They can get that and you know hit the playoffs with a full steam you know full steam ahead. Yeah. So I I gotta tell you one way the season being suspended right now is killing me. As a Mavericks fan, it really seemed that Luka Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis were starting to find their rhythm together, and they had the Mavericks surging to the point where a lot of uh, you know a lot of us analysts and a lot of experts were saying that they could have given the Clippers fits or whoever they saw in the playoffs, and I fully believe that they were really starting to mesh well and play well together and surge in a positive direction. Um, who do you think besides the Mavericks was another team that was surging right at the point? that uh, the season decided to get suspended? Well, I mean, obviously, as a Brooklyn Nets fan, I think that they, I mean, they had just fired their coach. Um, and yet they, and then they went out and then they beat the Boston Celtics. So, I mean, you know, they haven't lost since they fired the coach. And I know they don't have Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, but this could definitely give them some extra rest. I don't expect Kevin Durant to come back this season. But if they can get Kyrie Irving back, I definitely think that they can absolutely maybe give a team fits. I don't see them win a playoff series because they would be the seventh seed um, most likely. But, I mean, it's, you know, I think that I would, I mean, I'm obviously biased in that sense. But, I mean, I think that um, I think they could definitely give give a team fits. Absolutely. Um, I, I saw a lot from the Nets. Karis LeVert was starting to really take over games. He dropped 51 in an overtime win in Boston. And then he had a really nice game paired with Spencer Didwitty, uh in their win in L.A. against the Lakers. Um, I also thought that no, it, wasn't, it wasn't was in L.A. At the it, was right at, time. it was in Barclays Center. It I believe in LA. it was in L.A. I don't think so. All right. Anyway. Um, I also believe that another team that was just starting to get fully healthy and really make strides was uh, the Boston Celtics. Kemba Walker was just coming back. Jason Tatum played unbelievable the last few uh, weeks of the season. Um, I really think, like you said, we got robbed of a beautiful playoffs all around. One through eight in the East and one through eight in the West was going to be competitive and it was going to be dogfights. And I really hope they resume the season so we can see this bracket play out. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely there with you. Cool. Um, in other news, 
if, for those of you that don't know, Kevin Blakicki is the official XFL expert and analyst for the RyanShow.net, as we uh, and the RyanShow.net is as we described earlier. Kevin, uh, what were you seeing from the XFL, and what were their trends before the season was ultimately canceled? Well, I mean, obviously, it's a shame uh, that everything got canceled. My theory on it is that God hates Vince McMahon. And the first time that he tried to have the XFL, it didn't work out. Um, There was only one season, and then he tries to revive it, and then a freaking pandemic happened. So obviously, the Lord above is none too pleased with Vince McMahon. I don't know what he's done. Um, I don't know if we have to sacrifice him, but that's... That's a sacrifice I'm willing to take. But all jokes aside, um, the Houston Roughnecks definitely were the best team. Uh, They were undefeated. Uh, They did have some hiccups the last couple games. Um, They were actually just headed to um, play the New York Guardians. But, I mean, I I do think that this, um, the XFL could definitely um, be a it, it's not going to be the NFL, but it's, it, it could serve as a bridge from co- from college to the pros. Like it could be an avenue for um, athlete. You know, if the NCAA doesn't end up wanting to, you know, they stick their grounds and they don't play pay their players. You know, look for those top recruits to go to the XFL. Why wouldn't they want to do it? It's great exposure. And if it's, you know, you can uh, go, you can finish your college career in December or January, then hop right into the XFL in February, play till April, boom, do the draft. And then you can be right in the middle of things in the NFL when it comes, you know, you know, July, August, you know, uh, training camps, preseason, and then ultimately the, the NFL season. Um, that might be a, a bit no, of I- a... Uh, what was that? I said I didn't get to watch a lot of XFL this year, but obviously I, re- you know, I support the team and I read all your articles every week. Uh, I personally think that the coolest thing about the XFL and the NFL should really look into making this a reality in their league is I saw a kicker miss a field goal and by the time he got his helmet off, the reporter had a microphone in his face. Uh, another guy lost a fumble and the same thing happened when he came off the field. I think that's really cool to try to get the raw emotion. I understand that the competitor and the athlete that might be kind of dangerous for the reporter in the moment. Yeah. But uh, I think it's cool that it showed the raw emotion and uh, true nature behind the sport. Yeah. One of the things that I'm interested in, um, obvious. I mean, I was thinking about going to a game down in Tampa because I live in South Carolina um, and it's not that bad of a drive. Um, but I'll be interested. I, I want to take in an XFL game live, and I want to know how it, you know, actually. I want to understand the experience of the games because it, when when you watch it on TV, you know, it's great because it, you know, it's high pace, you know, high octane, you know, sports, you know, that they have a continuous play clock, so even you know, you don't have those stops and starts. You know, there's two timeouts for each team. Um, you know, they, you know, they made the kickoff. So, you know, the players are five yards apart. So it's more of a blocking thing instead of them clashing heads going, you know, straight at each other. And I'm really interested to see how it can, you know, how it, what it's like as a live sport, because, 
you know, all of those things are great, but they don't really translate to having um, a great live experience because, you know, they have the refs and um, you're able to listen to them and you're able to um, listen to everybody um, with the uh, with the mics that they have. So it's definitely going to be interesting to see how that would happen live. But I think that even though that the season was short and, you know, it got cut off due to the coronavirus, I definitely think that it's here to stay and it can definitely be a, you know, a competitor to college football for yeah. getting those top recruits. And that is our XFL expert, Kevin Blakicki <laughs> with the XFL I wouldn't say report. expert, but okay. I, I would. You've been paying uh, more attention than most. Anyway, you've heard us speak about the NFL and the current events going on there. You've heard us speak about the XFL. You've heard us speak about the NBA. That only leaves one sport that we said we'd be covering, and it's the only sport right now that is continuing with no fans. We will get back to that next when we return to the Mac and Kevin podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Mac and Kevin podcast. And as promised, we are talking about the only sport left that still is kind of a thing and performing without fans. Uh, Mr. Mac Daddy, do you have more information on that? Yes. Well, last night was UFC fight night in Brazil. So technically it was called UFC Brasilia. And, um, they fought with no fans. Uh, they had very little announcers um, on uh, octagon side, as they would call it. Uh, and they had people, <laughs> they had people posting on their Instagram stories, fighter, you know, uh, current fighters and stuff, making fun of the fact that there was no fans. Um, and in the main event, Kevin Lee got tapped out, and then he pulled one of the most disrespectful moves I've ever seen. Um, he tapped out. And then when the other fighter wasn't looking, tried to continue grappling with him. Um, so it was very disrespectful. But uh, either way, um, UFC doing what they're doing, I think they're really searching right now. I understand that the fighters want to fight. And no matter what, when you're a fighter, you know, having been an amateur boxer myself, when you're a fighter, all you want to do is fight. Um, and Dana White is all about his money, man. Uh, that's why he's one of the most successful men in the world. But I really think he's uh, he's pushing the envelope with this one. I think he has to follow suit with the rest of uh, the sports world. I mean, soccer, which is one of the biggest sports in the world, is shut down. Uh, Bellator. They just they just shut down uh, La Liga MX. Uh, yeah. Just like this past like a few days ago. Well, um, we already know that Serie A in Italy uh, was canceled as well because Juventus was hit with the coronavirus. Um, but what I'm trying to get at is Bellator is already canceled. Bellator, which is another MMA uh, brand, uh, has already canceled all their events. UFC has announced that UFC London next week um, is canceled and therefore dropping out one half of the main event in Leon Edwards. Um, so I really think UFC is just reaching right now. And I think they need to regroup, take a few steps back, take the couple weeks uh, suspension. And give the fans what they really want, which is Tyron Woodley versus Leon Edwards, which is Khabib Nurmagomedov against Tony Ferguson. Um, it's what the fans want to see. And if this thing is actually threatening that, uh, there's no reason to try to force 
a product on us that isn't going to be to its full potential. Um, regardless, the fight will be great, but I don't think the experience is the same without the fans in the building. No. Um, it was hard to no. watch last night, to be honest. I mean, um, the, the only thing, pre- the only precedent that we have for uh, an event going on without any fans was the, uh, the Orioles-White Sox game uh, in 2016 in Baltimore when they, uh, the, when they had those riots um, and a lot of unrest there. And they played a game with no fans. That's, that's pretty much that's all I, I, I can think of. Um, I mean, at this point in time, just, just take a few weeks off. Just wash your hands. And, I mean, I, of, of, all the, of all the sports... I mean, you would think that like MMA would be one of the first ones to to go because I mean, you're literally it's hand to hand combat. You're wrestling. You're beating each other up. I mean, there's there's blood that's on. They don't even they barely clean the mats. You know, the, the, you know, there's always blood stains on there and stuff. It's very dangerous and it's so bad. The bottom line is this. Dana White and even the fighters in UFC, they're grown men, and they're going to do what they want to do, whether they listen and adhere to the rules and regulations that are being put forth um, is going to be completely up to them, and UFC has shown that they don't play on by anybody's rules but their own. So, um, and, and, of course, USADA, which is the anti-doping agency, and also uh, you know the, the fighting commissions, um, if the fighting commissions don't allow them to fight anywhere, there's nothing really that can be done. They'll have to postpone it, and they'll have to suspend it, and they'll have to cancel. But uh, if the fighting permit, if the fighting commissions are keeping it afloat, then by all means, I think you're going to see some UFC without fans, um, as long as these guys want to fight, and they're going to want to fight. Um, anyway, Kev, I have really enjoyed this first episode, but I want to hear a little bit more from you. What do you got going on on social media and what do you got coming for us in regards to your writing? And then I'll share the same, too. Um, well, as you as you know, you know, there's going to be the, uh, the Vince Carter article coming up. And um, now now that, you know, there's uh, all sports or most sports are being suspended um, indefinitely. Um, just take a keep an eye out for. Um, there, there was um, there was uh, Travis Kelsey of the uh, of the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, the tight end. He came out and said that he was uh, in favor of um, of the team going to the White House and uh, meeting President Trump, who, um, as we all know, is not popular. And um, and I really agree with. Him. And I, you know, I'm not gonna, you know, toe the line of politics. You know, that's not why we're here. But I mean, I really, I think that it's, it's always been an apolitical event. You know, people, when you win a champion, when you win a championship, you just go there and you uh, shake hands with the president, no matter who it is, no matter what your grievances are. And if you do have grievances, you know, make time and meet with them and, and talk about it. We don't, we don't do that enough as a country. We need to come together and we need, if we have, you know, certain disagreements, we need to just, you know, talk about them and hash them out like 
grown adults that we all are. And I, I, I don't think that there's enough people in the world of sports that are like Travis Kelsey. I think people put, you know, their emotions and their feelings and their political beliefs ahead of, you know, just, you know, supporting your team and just going to the White House. It's always been an honor and it's always been a non-politicized event. And I really wish that it would get back to that. So that's something that I'm going to, you know, look forward to writing about, um, as well as just some, you know, interesting debates, you know, um, about, you know, current, you know, fun sports topics, you know, that always seem to get the blood, you know, boiling. And uh, what what can the people expect from uh, Mac Daddy Sports? Well, uh I do a lot of my stuff on my Instagram. You can follow my Instagram at Mac, M-A-C dot daddy dot sports. And what i got going on right now, Kev, is every day I release a different top 10 list, whether they're my favorites or whether I should be where they should be ranked skill wise or whether it's an obscure top 10 list. I printed one out pretty much every day since the sports stoppage. Um, also, I've... Um, I just wrote an article on my first ever Mac Daddy Legend of the Week, as voted on by you, the fans, uh, was Barry Bonds this past week. So that article will be up also this week on the RyanShow.net. Um, what the people can expect is I have the Mac Daddy fan question of the day. I ask you a video question every day. I want to see the comments there. And when I announce my voting for next week's Legend of the Week, which will be Tuesday morning, I want everybody to vote. And everybody vote, everybody's vote counts once. So do not vote multiple times. I do check that. But everybody counts once, and then uh, that's who I write an article on next week. Uh, I got a lot of cool stuff going on Mac Daddy Sports. Um, I'm trying to keep the sports alive. I'd also like to take an opportunity to shout out a few people that have been showing me some love on the social media. First of all, our good friends, uh, After Sports and More, an entertainment network. Uh, They're doing great things out there in Los Angeles. Um, but also our friends at the radio stations and internet stations across the country, official 216, the beat, the radio. Um, they've shown me a lot of love on social media. So I want to thank them. Also the keys to the street show. Uh, also Litwick radio, more music radio, track talk radio, ADG radio, sun radio, um, all our affiliates at the Ryan show, the Ryan show, especially Mr. Cheeks, Hampton's Dave, Ryan Vernell. The Realist team on internet radio for all the Realist content, Realist talk. I know Hampton's Dave out is out there right now trying to infect everybody with the coronavirus. Um, yeah. But you'll have to stay tuned to this week's episode of The Ryan Show to hear more about that. Um, and honestly, that's all they got from this week from Mac Daddy. Anything from you, Kev? Um, that's, that's about it. Anything that I write will be available on theryanshow.net uh, slash sports. And anything will be on my sports, uh, my, my Instagram page. Follow me at Kevin Blakicki. Um, follow me on Twitter at Kevin Blakicki. Follow me on Facebook at Kevin Blakicki. Any social media that you can imagine, I will be there. And I'll be there to talk sports. If you want to send me a DM, you can, you know, Instagram, you know, us and tell us anything that we want, you want to hear on the show. And, uh, I think that wraps about it. That that about wraps it up for this episode of Mac and Kevin. And we will catch you on the flippity flip.